Welcome to CIR Realty Business Mastery, where we present on topics that will help you build a successful real estate business. While you're here, be sure to subscribe to not miss any new episodes, as well as leave us a five-star review. That'll help others discover us too. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I want, this is actually a topic I've been thinking about for quite a while, and something that has been really top of mind, and I, I meant to actually check the published date on this book, but there's a book that came out called Thinking Fast and Slow, and this is probably, it might have been like eight, nine years ago now, it might have even been 10 years ago, but it's by an economist who won the Pulitzer Prize um, for his work in behavioral economics, and his name is Daniel Kahneman, and uh, Daniel is, is someone who, <laughs> I say it like, I should probably call him Mr. Kahneman because, or maybe even Dr. Kahneman. It sounds very uh, informal if I call him Daniel. But I mean, he went through and did this amazing work on the different rational and irrational behaviors that people do on a daily basis. And it really doesn't um, add up to what economists normally thought. The whole concept of supply and demand is based off of you know, what if a rational person makes a decision? But the reality is, is that we have many biases that affect our decision making. And as far as your business goes, there's many biases that you are, that succumb to every single day. So I want to take you through the mental mistakes that are affecting your business. Many, many of these are discussed at length in this book, Thinking Facts and Slow. There's also some that are not in that book that we've added in. So I want to take you through all of them. We have a bit of a PowerPoint to follow along here. So we'll be jumping back and forth between the PowerPoint because I'm also going to give you guys some examples as we go along. So uh, let's open it up here. And just as a reference point, our book recommendation, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman, uh, it's a great listen as well uh, if you want, and you can download it on, well, wherever you get your audiobooks. So that's great as well. But let's kick it off. Mental mistake number one is the availability bias. So what is the availability bias? Well, the availability bias is this. It's the tendency to overvalue the importance of recently available information. So in this case, in your real estate business, imagine that you take, you're, you're, you're struggling in your business or you're trying to look for a different way to generate leads or something and you take a course on Facebook marketing and suddenly you believe the biggest challenge in your business is Facebook marketing. Or you, you're, you're, uh, you take a course on leadership and suddenly you think, oh, every, the issue, biggest issue in my business right now is leadership. That is the availability bias. You are overvaluing the importance of recently available information. So here's the solution. I just one more note on that. That's that, uh, that's that item. If you only have a hammer, then, um, every problem looks like a nail. Uh, that's that availability bias. So here's the solution. It's important you keep a broad perspective on your business and in your learning. Make sure you're scanning the horizon for a bunch of different learning opportunities, talking to different people about solutions, getting some different perspectives. Otherwise, if you take a course on door knocking, you're going to think you have a door knocking problem. If you take a course on business planning, you're thinking you have a business planning problem. Like that's the availability bias. So regularly track your results and be thoughtful of your responses to challenges. So that's the solution there. That's availability bias. Number two, the confirmation bias. 
The confirmation bias is this. This is the tendency to search for or interpret information in ways, in a way that confirms one's pre-existing beliefs. So this one is what we call often a self-fulfilling prophecy. If someone has a belief, they will look for information that confirms that belief versus information that takes away from that belief. Um, we saw this massively uh, in regards to COVID on either side of the argument. Uh, we saw both parties, you know, being pundits on either side, looking for information to confirm or uh, and not much information to take away from their beliefs. And a lot of that was posted up on social media. But as far as your business goes, here's an example. Um, you believe that buyers are just sitting on the fence and not buying. In fact, you have two buyers sitting on the sidelines, so you believe buyers are sitting on the fence. Well, that is actually confirmation bias, where you're looking for examples that confirm your pre-existing belief that just buyers are just sitting on the fence and not pulling the trigger right now. The solution to that is make sure that you're actively seeking confident or contradictory information with regardless of what the situation is. But look out there and say, can I find examples when buyers are actually buying? Well, just look how many homes sold last month and why did those buyers buy? There's still people being relocated, you know, getting married, getting divorced, having babies, things like that, people that must move, things. Even when COVID, the height of COVID happened, transactions were down like 30%, but 70% of the transactions were still happening. So it's not like there was no houses selling. I mean, if there was any time that the business would stop, it was that time but people kept on going. So be very careful of confirmation bias. Look for evidence that actually contradicts your beliefs and you'll have a more well-rounded um, uh, perspective. Okay, number three, present bias. The present bias is the tendency to overvalue the result today versus one that will occur in the future. So here's an example. If I were to give, say to you, I'm going to give you $100 today or, or sorry, I'm going to give you $100 in 12 months or I'm going to give you X amount of dollars today. How much money would you take today versus waiting the 12 months to get the 100? If I said $99, you'd probably say, yeah, $99 today. That's what I want. Um, that would make sense. I'd rather, I would also rather have $99 today than wait one year for 12 months. When they actually did these studies, they realized that the average amount of money that someone was willing to forego today to accept the money um, was about $68. So people would rather have $68 today than $100 than wait and get $100 in 12 months. That is the present bias. I mean, if you had $68 today and turned that into $100 in 12 months, that's a 48% return. That's an irrational decision to accept a number of $68 today. Um, a good, another example of present bias is I can't attend that course today or the CIR Love Monday meeting or whatever it is because I have showings. You are putting the importance of a result today. I have showings. I might write an offer versus gaining the knowledge of a course that could help you write 10 more offers over the course of your real estate business. I see it all the time. I can't come to the course, Lindsay. I'm so sorry. Um, I got uh, a showing booked. Well, often, and more often than not, that showing would wait an hour in order to finish off what you're doing. So here's the solution. To prevent the present bias, be deliberate about thinking about your values and setting your priorities in advance and review these often. Then you can make easier decisions that impact your long-term future. You will be able to determine what's important today and what you need to do today 
to impact your long-term future so that when a shiny penny or a distraction comes up, you can forego that because you've already deliberately thought about your plan for the future. Okay, number four. Number four, the fourth mental mistake is hedonic adaptation. Um, I'm going to go a bit quicker through these. I realize that I'm <laughs> quite a bit over time. So, Addy, you can just keep it on the, the slides. Hedonic adaptation is this. The tendency for people to return to their original level of happiness after a major or positive a negative event or life changes. So, example, you spend money on a big house, a brand new car, and then just a few weeks later, you feel exactly the same. You just have less money, but your level of happiness is exactly the same. So even this happens if you have a negative experience. You maybe lose a loved one, whatever it is. Over time, you go back to your original level of happiness. So this is the hedonic adaptation, and here's the solution. Just be aware that this is the case, and be aware of the justification on purchasing things in your business that you might think, or in your life, that you might think you need and will make you happier, be aware that hedonic adaptation means that you'll probably have exactly the same level of happiness after a few weeks after the fact. And there's also something called the hedonic treadmill, which is just that pursuit of the next thing to make you happy, the next thing, and often this materializes in overspending on material things that just don't bring you more happiness. So it is absolutely imperative that you acknowledge this. Um, and, and I don't have a better solution than just being aware that this is the case. More stuff will not make you happier. Okay. And also just in, in your business as well. It's like, Oh, if I can just reach this next award club or this or that, we want you to always try to serve more clients, but be careful of that hedonic treadmill and hedonic adaptation. All right. Number five. Hindsight bias. So hindsight bias is the tendency to overestimate the predictability of past events. So this one, I always forget there's two slides here to each one. Um, for example, a lot of people now are explaining why the 2008 financial crisis happened. It's easy to see. We can look back. We saw all the things leading up to it. We saw everything that was happening. And just recently now, the COVID housing boom, a lot of people are explaining, well, of course, you know, people are stuck in their houses. You know, all the kids working from home. Of course, it makes sense that people would want bigger houses and move and, and change their lifestyle because of COVID. But in reality, no one could predict this. Um, we were overestimating the predictability of this event. So here's the solution. In your business, since you can't predict the future, we can learn from the past, but there's always new unpredictable events that come up. Focus on fundamentals in your business to be sustainable over the long term. Keep your expenses less than your revenue, spend less than you make, and make good decisions in your business. Don't put all your eggs in one lead generation basket. Diversify. Keep in touch with your clients, and um, that'll make a big result for you. Number six, the licensing effect. So the licensing effect is the tendency to indulge after doing something positive first. So I did a workout. I can now have that mocha frappuccino, which often negates and has way more calories in it than you burn during the workout. Another example of that, as far as your business goes, I just wrote three deals so I can afford to buy that new overly expensive item, or I worked hard today, so I deserve to take uh, the next day off. I had a good week, so I will skip prospecting. Um, that's a big problem. The solution to that is plan out sustainable rewards in advance. Decide deliberately what days you're going to take off, and then 
From there, make sure that you also plan out little rewards to give yourself. If I do a bunch of business, I am going to reward myself with this modest item or modest reward. And then it's deliberate. Autopilot is a killer because the licensing effect, people naturally have a tendency to overindulge after they feel like they've done something positive. That's that, well, I deserve this now. Well, you might also be harming your business and potentially your health by doing this and often your long-term financial future. Number seven, this is not in Daniel Kahneman's book. Um, this is sort of the, the next ones here are, are outside of that, but uh, fear of missing out, uh, FOMO, as we've heard. Uh, this is an anxious response to the belief that someone else is having a rewarding experience that you are not a part of. So a good example of this is uh, a, you see a webinar that will teach you the secrets to selling more real estate. Well, we've been through this. There aren't any secrets to this. It's a, it's a lot of work. The information you need is readily available. The Google search of the courses we teach. Um, and as, and also another example of this is, is Facebook and Instagram showing off someone's fabricated life. You're only seeing the stuff that they want you to see. Um, the great views, the beaches, um, the cars, things like that. And we see these influencers all the time taking uh, photos next to cars that aren't even their own to try to make themselves look like they're living this lifestyle. And it's fabricated, but it actually creates anxiety for people to see this. A solution, set your own values and goals. Then be a creator in life rather than a consumer. So be a creator of your own experiences versus someone that just consumes content and that will eliminate that longing feeling. Be someone that lives a life deliberately versus just watching other people live your life. You're just watching people be successful by scrolling through your Instagram feeds, watching TV and things like that. Be a creator in your own life. All right, number eight of 10, there's 10 of these, herd behavior. Herd behavior is a tendency for individuals to mimic the actions of a larger group, either rational or irrational. Some huge examples of this recently, Bitcoin, GameStop, um, all that, all that kind of stuff. Even COVID in terms of belief systems, people jumping on bandwagons. The solution, stop, think. Isn't that crazy? Stop, think, research both sides, make slow, balanced decisions. And if you're going to jump on a bandwagon financially, don't put all your eggs in that basket. Uh, make sure you understand the value of long-term investments and compounding interest uh, versus uh, gambling. But I'm okay if you guys play with some money, but just do it on uh, not at the expense of your long-term portfolio. Um, all right. Number nine, loss aversion. Loss aversion is the tendency to prefer avoiding losses versus acquiring equivalent gains. So an example of this is I'm going to sit on the phone for hours trying to get my cell phone bill down, but I will not make 10 phone calls to book real estate investment reviews that could make me $24,000 in the next six months. So it's like you'll spend all this hours on the phone trying to get your cell phone down by 50 bucks a month, but you won't pick up the phone to call even five people. And if we say that, you know, one in three of these appointments turns into a transaction or six people, one in three turns into a transaction, there's two transactions. And that can actually lead to more residual business. So the, the solution is focus on high return activities. Okay. Don't trip over dollars 
on your ways to, or don't trip over pennies on your ways to dollars. Like that is just a big, big mistake that people make. And, um, but naturally people have a tendency to avoid loss. If I told you that I was going to try and come in and someone might try to steal $10,000 from you in the next month, you'll work harder traditionally than going out there to try to make $20,000 by doing the proper business building activities. That's the way people are wired. So you can use this in your marketing by framing your marketing um, by the fear of loss. I mean, you always want to have a positive spin on it at the end, but you know, it makes articles more compelling. People click on them more often. But I'm telling you guys, be aware that the time you're spending dealing with pity, piddly stuff, you could be investing to making massive, massive changes for your business. So loss aversion, don't focus so much on that. Focus on opportunities to gain. And the last one, number 10, the peak end rule. The peak end rule is this, is it's the tendency to judge an experience largely based on its peak, i.e. the most intense point, and its end, rather than on the total sum of every moment of the experience. So people say, how is the middle, that height of the experience, and how is the end of the experience? They don't look at the whole experience overall, which means that you can actually have some negative stuff in between there, but as long as the height of it's good and the ending is good, that's how people traditionally judge experiences. So in your business, your service will be judged based off of these items. So where is the peak of a transaction? I would say it's likely in the negotiation part, trying to put together an offer. And then the possession is that end. And the people, your clients, are going to be judging the experience on either end. So the peak, identify that. Maybe it's not the negotiation. Maybe it's there. Focus on making these experiences wow. Focus on being a consummate professional at these times. Obviously, be professional throughout, but really put hyper emphasis on here and you'll be more likely to get referrals, more likely to grow your business because of the peak end rule. All right, that is your mental mistakes that happen in your business. Stick with us and we'll be right back to talk about a six-month business review. That's all we have for you today. And thank you so much for giving us your time and tuning in. Don't forget to like CIR Realty Business Mastery on Facebook and to follow us on Instagram. Take care, everyone.